0: Why is Snake Plissken an enduring badass? Snake Plissken, the character, has gone on to become a symbol of a badass in one of the better movies ever made of the time period of the 80s. And it's a movie that predates the Rambo, the Schwarzeneggers, that kind of thing. This is a movie that came out in a very interesting time period. That was still the 70s. Even though it was 1981, the 80s that we think of were not yet. It is a movie that we got very lucky, that had a very talented director, very talented uh, cast and crew, very devoted cast and crew, and it had Kurt Russell. What makes Snake Plitzkin a badass? Well, the first reason is that Kurt Russell played him. Kurt Russell has a gravitas, a power that cannot be qualified Uh, quantified. When he was in Tombstone, he acted around a whole slew of incredible actors. And guess what? He's amazing in it. And he could hold a scene without saying a word. But he could hold a shotgun to someone's knees but not on a table. And you can see some of Snake Plissken in that. He just can inhabit a scene and communicate without speaking. There are very few actors that can do that. He, and he does this, and no matter what he's in, he's really good. I mean, he can drive the Chop port, port Express. He can play in a sort of sequel to Blade Runner. He can be with Goldie Hawn, his wife, and Overboard. And he can be in The Thing and, you know, tell a computer it's a cheating bitch and destroy it with a bottle of scotch. I mean, it's very cool. Um, so that's the first reason, I think, is you get – Kurt Russell, but really who Kurt Russell is playing is an archetype of of a person that operates within a society, no matter how strange it is, even if it's this weird federal prison set in New York. And he plays basically the outlaw gunslinger, Japanese ronin character. He even I mean, this is even more ancient than we originally think. Akito, the wild man from Gilgamesh is the prototype of this. So then you get like you get like the Clint Eastwood character that walks into a town in a Western. And that's what you're getting. You're getting the Ronin samurai that walks down the street and everyone avoids him. That's who Kurt Russell is basically inhabiting with snake Plissken. And he kind of also embodies the same kind of energy and kind of the pirate look, I guess that we get from captain Harlock of anime and the reason I'm connecting the two is because there's something really interesting. Uh, Bennett the Sage, who does an internet show called Anime Abandoned, he covered an anime where Captain Harlock is featured, and Captain Harlock, for a lot of us anime people, is our lord and savior. So he comes on and Bennett kind of talks about him, and it reminds me a lot of what some other people have said about Snake Klisken. The eye patch, the scars, the demeanor, and the kind of disconnect from society is because this man has seen battle. This man knows what battle brings and he's scarred, but he's kind of vulnerable and he's searching for something he may never find. That kind of hero's journey is what Snake Plitzkin is, but he's not really a hero either. I mean, he kills people, he knocks over, you know, banks, he hangs out with criminals, he was a veteran of the Third World War and the youngest man ever decorated by the president. But then he knocks over banks and he operates in this very totalitarian. Uh, World War Three America. And he's very much... Carpenter is very much mining a very interesting time period. This is the post-Vietnam America. And Snake Plissken is kind of like a lot of veterans that probably Carpenter ran across. And this is also... Carpenter also was mining uh, what was going on in New York at the time. I think it's really important we discuss this in saying that the New York that Seinfeld took place in, the the Seinfeld New York, the Friends New York, the New York that a lot of people of 90s generation grew up seeing, and even the New York today, is not the New York of 1981. It is not the New York that Carpenter was thinking of when he created this script. This is the New York that would cut you and eat you. This is the the New York where Brooklyn is Brooklyn and Harlem is Harlem. This is the New York of Serpico. This is the New York of Hill Street Blues. This is the New York that they made kind of for fun in Night Court. This is the New York that was dangerous. This was the New York where your car would get stripped and burned. This is not the New York where you walk down to a coffee place and maybe you know go to a a really expensive restaurant in these neighborhoods. This is a New York where you could be killed. And this is a New York that people believe. And I think for some people watching this movie today, they don't get that. They don't understand that feeling. They may, <laughs> but that's kind of what the movie's talking about. And it also helps, I think, in this film, that you have so many talented actors uh, the, um, that occupy amazing roles within the film. And it allows Snake Plissken to have a world to operate in. And I think the film does a wonderful job of building this character up. You you know with Hulk introducing him and kind of giving his record, then everyone saying, "I thought you were dead," you know, kind of thing. And Snake Pliskin's kind of like this underground outlaw celebrity. He's kind of like Bonnie and Clyde. Um, so I think those are kind of things. He has a reputation that precedes him, and he's got a great rep. And they're all like, "Oh, Snake Pliskin," and that's the cool thing. I mean, it's not just the hair, the eye patch, the submachine gun, and the shurikens. I mean, the the hair does help, trust me. But Snake Pliskin is a badass. And so you better lock up your wives and your cigarettes away from him because he's coming. Um, So that's, I think, part of it. And any person that can operate outside of society and make society kind of be what it is to them are kind of heroes to all of us. I mean, we all operate with a world where we go to work and we pay our taxes and, you know, we work on our lawns and our pools on the weekend. And we always obey that social contract, don't we? But Snake Plissken doesn't. He doesn't give a fuck about any of that. He certainly doesn't give a fuck about your war. And that's who he is. He's a man who literally gives no fucks. And that's those kind of un- unconventional people, those unentethered those un- people are very attractive to all of us that operate within a society. That's part of it. Part of it's just a really great movie with a really great character that says really cool things. I mean, as I said, Kurt Russell is able to smoke a cigarette and look at one eye better than most people can. And it may kill you, and, you know, really Scott made a whole career of how sm- making smoking look cool in film. Kurt Russell just inhabits all of that and owns it. Here's the thing there's a lot in this movie that, was, that if the lesser actor with a lesser director said it, it would be stupid. The line where he says, call me Snake. That would be stupid Can we have another actor. But Kurt Russell, he owns that shit. Um, and I think he's kind of, uh, there's another character that's kind of parallel. They kind of came out, they came out in the same year. But Max from Mad Max, the Road Warrior, came out in 81. So you're getting kind of a very similar character The Snake Plissken is. I mean, you've got, the, as I said, the Captain Harlock. You have all the spaghetti westerns. You have a couple years later, you get the Will and Wolf McQuaid, You know Chuck Norris is probably best role, and that's who you're getting. In a way that Rambo and you know Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are very amazing in their own way. They can't do the same thing that Snake Plissken. I know that uh, Sylvester Stallone made a movie that where he tried to be kind of like a Snake Plissken like character. Um, He's finding I think it was Cobra or something, anyway. You know, he didn't he didn't pull it off. You know, one of the few people that have pulled this role off? And that was Solid Snake, a video game character made by Kojima. And Kojima directly mines this character. And that's one of the best homages or rip offs, whatever you know, your mileage may be on that. And that's one of the cool things. Like they took Snake Plissken and made even a, a really cool character that's gone on Far longer and has better sequels, fight me on that, than poor Snake Plissken ever got. The shame of it is, is Snake Plissken really only has one movie. Yes, I tried to ignore the 1996 Escape from L.A. movie. It still bothers me. I still cry at night thinking about this. This is a sequel I waited, oh, you know, many years for. And it, it bothers me. And it almost destroyed who Snake Plissken was. That movie is ridiculous. However, we still have the 19, 1981 masterpiece to, to give us comfort at night. So why is Snake Plissken a badass? Because he walks, he talks, and everyone around him gives him that power. And Kurt Russell gives Snake Plissken that power. Um, I think that even though this movie wasn't a big success at the time, and it is a little rougher on the edges, there's something so great about the movie that it is. And I think... A great character in a bad movie still wouldn't is still incomplete. The fact is you have talented a filmmaker, talented and really cool movie, a movie I can't even believe got made and is out there because, you know, it's such a batshit concept, and then you watch it and you're like, damn, they really pulled this off. And that's the character that Stanton Plissken is. So he is a ninja Ronin space pirate outlaw trying to help a president, a totalitarian president, out of a federal prison in New York in the an alternate 1980s that has amazing hair. So love this movie. I appreciate the opportunity to talk about him and, uh, may St. Pliskin can always be cool. We'll return after these messages. Hello, and welcome to culture shocked the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. Dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's gonna listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J- no no. But, I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm. Nope, don't like that, but we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. you got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Brentfist, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates, Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week, so dig in, it's breakfast time. Listen at Breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win Show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world, and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always, am I the winner? (laughs) Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like Robocop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Now back to the feature presentation. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a